Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Keeping your office running like a well-oiled power play. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is uh, 1.34 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you in the 6.30 Chad Studios. Tomorrow's show will be originating from Roger's Place. Stauffer Inspector tomorrow for our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. What do you got going on right now? HRA, the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry in the province of Alberta. The best pizza in the city still making it great. It's Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu locations, visit royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app at the App Store. Star for recommendation, Mediterranean chicken. Again, you can text us at 630-630. All right, let's do this. Uh, we will get to some more texts on our Heartland Ford text line. But uh, Todd McClellan spoke today. Just uh, We've heard from Oilers General Manager Peter Shirelli. The Oilers appear that they're going to put Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, and Drake Kajula together. And uh, McClellan had these thoughts on uh, the makeup of that top line. You know, they, they play 22, 23 minutes a night, and they have to uh, uh, outscore their opponent, but they also have to outcheck their opponent. And, um, you know, that goes for any team's top players. Uh, anybody that's playing those amount of minutes have to be... Uh, as responsible defensively as they are offensively and um, both of those players have done a, a real good job of it. We expect them to continue to do that. So is he speaking specifically of McDavid and RNH there or I'm going to assume that's the case because obviously Dreisaitl was with uh, McDavid today and again with Drake Kajula. Connor McDavid spoke today on uh, turning the losing streak around. You know, there's lots of highs and lows. Um, these things are going to happen. Um, that's how you get out of it. That's, that's the main thing. And you got to nip it in the butt quick. Um, and we've let this drag on for too long and got to find a way to get a win. There you go. That is Connor McDavid. 135 at Edmonton. You can reach us on our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780 and you can text us on our Westlock Ford text line at 630-630. This text out of Grand Prairie. Bob, on our Heartland Ford text line. Why can't we bring in Nylander? I'm sure the Leafs would love Darnell Nurse. I think Bear can be brought up and Secker will be back sometime also. Uh, Sure, we might have to move Lucic, who I'm like, uh, but we still need scoring badly. Well, there's about four different things to hit on there. Number one, uh, just regarding Ethan Bear right now, the defenseman that's knocking it out of the park in the minors has not been Ethan Bear. It's been Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones has got seven points over his last six games. He's a plus player. He's performed great. He's really settled down in his second pro year under Dave Manson. Um would the, would the Toronto Maple Leafs have interest in Darnell Nurse? Absolutely. Darnell Nurse's general manager and junior is now the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Kyle Dubas. So 
don't think for and the Leafs I think would be prepared to move Nylander for a defenseman. I think in a perfect world they'd be looking at a right shot defenseman. And that's why everybody's linked them to Carolina, specifically to Dougie Hamilton or to Justin Falk or to Brett Pesci. Pesci, by the way, is a little bit nicked up right now for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the orders, you know, I mean, Nylander's going to be looking for... If you're Toronto, you hope to get him signed for Pasternak money, a six-year deal at about $6.25 million. Uh, if you're Nylander's camp, you want dry saddle money, $8.5 million. Now, Nylander is not a center. He is a wing. So keep that in mind. Um, the Oilers simply could not afford the difference between the two salaries, nurse for Nylander. And frankly, uh, the Oilers need defense. They got some prospect wingers that are back in Bakersfield that they're hoping will graduate at some point. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Bob, if it was up to you, who starts the next game? From Kevin in Fort McMurray. Well, for me, it's a slam dunk. Miko Koskinen starts. He's got to start. So... Rugged in Saskatoon says, Bob, do you think Nurse is reacting to the criticisms uh, from the contract negotiations so he could get paid next time? And uh, do you think Bear did everything asked of him over the summer and then got pushed out anyways? Because you must agree, Bear did not look awful in training camp. Uh, He got stronger with each and every game. All right, you're hitting on two different things, and I'm going to add a third thing into that. Uh, contract negotiations are contract negotiations. I think Darnell Nurse's challenges right now is because he's trying to do too much. Again, for Darnell Nurse, less will be more. And until he realizes that, more will be less. He simply has to focus on first being a defender and not worrying about transporting the puck every chance he gets because once he gets blue line in, there's too many pucks have died with him here of late. So I, I can Nurse shoot the puck? Yes. Is Nurse a competitive player? Yes. Has Nurse had some challenges? Yes. And for me, it's because he's tried to do too much. So less is more for Darnell Nurse. For Ethan Bear, uh, he changed his body composition absolutely. I think he could have skated a bit more in Edmonton. But I think that he was, in fairness to Ethan, I think he played okay in the preseason. And I think Ethan Bear remains an exciting prospect for the Oilers. I think on the farm, just because Bear's had a little bit of injury issue, on the farm, um, I think Caleb Jones has had a very impressive start to the year. And Jones has really, uh, really shown. The other name is William Lagason. So basically, the Oilers have a couple veteran defensemen down there. they got Ryan Stanton and Keegan Lowe. They're the vets. Lowe's the captain of the team in Bakersfield. Uh, and then they got uh, Logan Day signed on an uh, American League deal who can move the puck a bit. They do a much better job of transitioning the puck on the farm at the HL level than they have for a while. And that's part of the reason why they're scoring. So just be patient with Bear. Might get his chance at some point. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Bob, Nurse and Benning for Nylander's speed scoring. Well, the owners can't trade two defensemen. They can't. Oh, so what he's saying is Nurse and Benning for Nylander, and then the Oilers bring up Jones and Bear. I, I don't think Jones and Bear are uh, 
uh, ready yet, both in combination at this time to come up. Uh, more texts coming in. Uh, again, you can text us at 630, 630. Uh, There's some text here on Jordan Everly. Bob, you say the heat's on, but if they lose the next two, who's it on? The players, the coach, the general manager who put this team together. It's on all of them. It's on all of them. Let's go to uh, Travis on line number one. Travis, how you doing? Not too bad, Bob. Um, yeah, I thought I'd give you a quick call there. I just watched the game last night. It's one of the first times I've ever actually shut it off in a long time. Like when that third period started there, I was just so depressed. Um, I just started thinking, you know, we do need some more power up front, and I don't think uh, who we have is cutting. And I, I like what you said about, um, or sorry, maybe that was um, uh, Dave Staple that said the four players there are a little slow, like our, our heavy guys. Um, we have enough cap space to maybe offer she, offer she Nylander. I think it's kind of Shirelli's last ditch effort. Well, what, are you, what are you talking about? They have enough. They're in LTIR right now. Yeah, $7 million, right? No, the LTIR, they got like, I don't know, a cushion of $4 million, but they got to factor in a mid-season return for Sakura, which really means they got about $2 million in space to play with. They can't, but, they can't but, offer sheet anybody. But, but So you can't offer sheet with LTIR money at all? No, the fact is that they couldn't get him signed. No, the, the player is going to want $6.5, 7000000 a a year. They don't have anywhere near... That sort of cap space in LTIR. They so it, that's, it says it does on cap friendly. It says there's seven million. I'd have to oh. hop on uh, on cap friendly then. Anyways, by like uh, Sakara and Russell, are, are, are you like if you, I'm pretty sure if you go on cap friendly, they got the Oilers amongst the highest cap teams in the NHL right now. There's no way they could just <clears throat> offer sheet uh, William Nylander. Well, if you look at the off season, both. Sakara and Russell are unlocked. There, they are movable, along with Cassie. And I think Cassie. Oh, you're movable. saying if they don't get him signed by December first, then offer sheet he'll be traded if that happens. They He's, can't he, offer sheet him now if they had seven million. Well, I think the move would have been made. No, I, I don't see that as being a. Put it this way, it's not a viable option at this time, Travis. Okay, there's one more thing, though. Dylan Strom, I want to talk about him. Yes. Uh, look, I look at, I, I said all last year, I'm like, I know Domi is something. I know he's better than that. Everyone online, no, he's only got nine goals. He's not, he'll never be good. I'm like, he would look so good with Dreisaitl. I know there's something there. I, I just remember the World Juniors. He was better than McDavid in the World Juniors. Sure enough, he leaves Arizona, and he's popping. And I think it's the Arizona effect, and I feel like, Dylan Strom, there was talk about his shot and how lethal it is, elite-level shot. Bringing him up and trying to acquire him, being with his brother and his old good buddy how, Connor, how's, I think would do something. Okay, that would have to be one of the most brave. Okay, first of all, uh, Brendan Escott has just texted me. The owners have $900,000 in cap space, according to Cap Friendly. So, no, they couldn't offer Sheet, a $7 million guy. Uh, number two, you know what, Travis? That's an interesting concept on Dylan Strom. I don't think anybody thought Max Domi would be this good in Montreal. He's been good. Absolutely rejuvenate his career in Montreal. Is there something about the desert? 
That team's actually playing okay right now because they finally got a little bit of experience because they went with so many young guys. I still think there's something in Dylan Strom, but I think the majority of Oilers fans right now would be scared out of their mind to take on another Strom because I think they have concerns about what Ryan Strom hasn't brought offensively to date. And I will I will say this. Dylan Strom can flat-out shoot the pill. He did have tremendous success playing with Connor McDavid. He had great success after Connor left, but the foot speed's a concern. So thanks for the call, Travis. Yeah. Sorry, Travis, I lost you there. Let's go to Al on line number two as we go to our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Al, you're in orders now. How are you doing? Good morning, gentlemen. Yeah, what a co- coincidence this guy brought up uh, Dylan Strom because my concern is Ryan Strom, and I totally agree having another Strom would uh, create nothing but uh, you know chaos here. Uh, I, I think that Ryan Strom has to really pick his game up because, uh, I mean, uh, the one guy that I know out there is trying his guts out and playing really hard is Milan Lucic, and he's getting no help from uh, a supporting cast in, in Ryan Strom. And they've got to get him going, or they have to uh, look at moving him on. Mind you, you're not going to get anything with a player of of his caliber right he now. Does, so he, he does place I, – I think what's happened here with Ryan Strom is and he doesn't have a, a great degree of offensive confidence. I think he's having to reinvent himself. To me, this yeah. is a bit like what happened with Marty Reasoner. Marty Reasoner probably thought first-round draft choice, I'm going to be an offensive guy, and Marty reinvented himself as a third-line check and center. And I think Strom ultimately, because of his lack of foot speed, is not going to be, um, unless he makes some significant changes to how he prepares in the offseason and that sort of thing, I think he's going to be challenged to be a top six four. I, I would say this. There's one scenario... I mean, would you trade a struggling prospect for a struggling prospect for... Uh, I'll throw that out there, since somebody brought up uh, uh, Dylan Strom. Well, Texas you know at 6.30, 6.30. Yeah. If you're the Oilers, would you pull... I mean, Dylan Strom is from the 2015 draft. He went third. Paul Yarby went fourth in 2016. Who are you betting on to be the better NHLer? Paul Yarby or Strom? Texas at 6.30, 6.30. I'd like to know what people think. Uh, if you're telling me Ryan Stroman needs to contribute more offensively, Al, I will yeah. 100% agree with you. Ryan Strom has to give the orders more offensive Yeah, teams. he does. And I I, uh, I don't know what else you can do. I think the, the thing right now is to is to break them up for the time being, get Lucic going again. I don't know who you put on that line, but uh, you want to get Lucic going because I know he's out there trying. And it's got to be frustrating for him. And 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 the, and the whole line for that matter, um, maybe a change in, uh, in 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 a line change would uh, would help them both. Maybe, but I, I don't know. Ryan, uh, you know, Ryan's got to get his game together because he's he's uh, he's being uh, he's a detriment out there. He's not helping anybody. Well, he's been okay killing penalties. Is the five on five the puck possession numbers for Lucic and Strom are fairly decent, and I mean that in all sincerity. But they are not contributing offensively. And right now, I mean, the Oilers have six, what do I got, six goals in the last four games. It's tough to win in game, real tough to win games when you're averaging one and a half yeah, goals. Well, per I game. guess we can all say the same old thing. And I and you guys will probably agree. I think they got to start getting more pucks to the net again. And they got to have a net presence and they got to get more desperate. 100%. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Al. Thanks. 
Yep, 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. It's 149 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 151 in Edmonton. Let's go to List Day in Oilers History, brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group vacation package with New West Travel. Receive free parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com. On this day, uh, November 12, 2000, the Oilers beat the Minnesota Wild 5-4. Doug Waite had a goal and four assists. Ryan Smith added a goal and two assists. The Oilers improved to 10-8-2 on the season. Edmonton made... I'm sorry, you were on the line with the caller. That's why... Uh, yeah, yeah, all good. I have another uh, another thing today, 1992. Adam Larson was born. Oh, there we go. So he's 26 today or 27? 26. Okay, he's 26 today. So the Oilers improved to 10-8-2 in 2000. Um... They're 8-8-1 eight, eight, right now. They made the playoffs in 2000-2001. They took the Dallas Stars to uh, six games uh, that year in the playoffs and uh, had about half the team's salary because that was before the salary cap. We will get to Doug momentarily here. Um, well, let's go. To, let's go. Just wanted to pass along. Oilers opponent, the Montreal Canadiens. Guess which, which Eastern Conference team has the worst record against the West since the start of the 2017-18 season? The Montreal Canadiens, they're 12-19-4 and four with a 400 winning percentage. And guess which team is the second-worst team in the NHL in face-off circle? Montreal. Colorado was worse, and they walloped the Oilers yesterday, so maybe that doesn't mean anything. Doug wants to chime in and talk about Yesapul Yarvi. Doug, how are you doing? Good, good, Bob. Very quick here. Uh, hindsight 20 is always 20-20. We know that. But I think I remember you hearing, hearing you say you made a comment Pugliarvi, Northern Finland farm boy. Maybe I heard wrong. Did I hear you say that in his early hockey career he lived by himself? Yes. From 13 to 17? Yes. Wow. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'm on any staff. Does that does that raise a question in my head? I mean, I don't know what the circumstances I would suggest ever. to you that it's my belief that this organization is now better equipped to deal with Yassa than maybe a couple of years ago with what they've got going on in Bakersfield. Was there a missed opportunity out of the gate? I think that the Oilers have to look in the mirror and say, you know, we needed to help. Here's the thing. I mean, we've had, you've heard Brian Burke. I know Doug, you listen to the show. Brian Burke, we love the kid too. Everybody loved, if we went back to the 2016 draft, if Shirelli said, all right, I'm trying the number four overall pick, you can have Pugliarvi, there would have been lots of teams in and around uh, that four spot that would have been in- interested in moving up to make the trade. I agree. So uh, from a developmental perspective, the Oilers have to take some ownership. I mean, I always say it's 75-25, player versus organi- you know, the team scenario, whatever. Uh, I think in this one, they, there, there has to be a little bit more. I mean, somebody said to me, look, Bob, the, the guy's with the Oilers at the start of the year, and he doesn't, the first time he plays Winnipeg and Patrick Laine went second, it's the Heritage Classic, and he doesn't play. And then you guys, yeah, send, and then you guys send him down, and, you know, he goes down to Bakersfield, and he's in and out and indifferent and not enjoying life, and, the, the you know, Jerry Fleming, nice fellow, was he the right guy to be coaching at that level? 
And I just, and did they have the support with the other similar like-minded prospects at that time? Um, you know, and I mean, I have some people that sit here and say, Todd McClellan this year hasn't given Paul Yarby a chance, didn't play him with Connor McDavid at any point. And others would say, well, maybe McDavid, you know, looks at Paul Yarby. Like, I can tell you right now on four separate occasions that I can think of, Yes, Apoliarvi has taken long shifts and then did not get pucks out of his own zone, turned pucks over, and gave up scoring chances. And the last time it happened was against Florida. You know where well, the puck. Know, I, I just he can't even imagine just a Canadian junior kid. Mm-hmm. I don't care where Edmonton. Would, would you let your Would you yourself? let your 14, 14, 15 year old kid live by themselves? Wow, and I just, I just. And I don't know what what led to its circumstances. Who knows? Hockey. Do you, let me ask. Who do you think is going to be better? Do you think Dylan Strom is going to be better, or do you think Jesse Poljarvi is going to be better? I got to take Jesse, but it, there's something there that tells me. I mean, when the guy from Columbus uh, finished uh, GM passes on him. Yep. They need a center too, there, guys. And I don't, Bob, and I just don't know. And that's know fair. That's fair. Don't there's the, the, that's the whole thing with the Poljarvi discussion. Like some people would say. 100% Todd McClellan shouldn't be stuck with this guy right now. He doesn't belong. And others would say, you should have just wrote it out, right? And he should have just been, you're playing. Like, I know Wayne Gretzky basically got told by Glenn Sather 60 games into the season in 80-81, hey, you're playing with Yari Curry and that's the way it is. But you know what? Back then, regular season games didn't mean as much because 16 out of 21 teams made it. Now 16 out of 31 teams made it. Regular season games mean a hell of a lot. So Every game. Right. Thanks, Bob. All right. Thanks, man. You bet. That's the point of this. There's more than one way to look at it. All right. What do we got coming up tonight? Is it a live edition of Inside Sports or a best of? It is live. You betcha. He's got some more Oilers recap. Does Reed Wilkins uh, and Eskimos stuff as well, or CFL playoffs, I should say. Uh, in studio with Eskimos, Ryan King, and then the Habs play-by-play man, Dan Robertson. All right. Uh, we again tomorrow will be at Rogers Place, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta and 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry. I'd like to thank Oilers General Manager Peter Shirelli and John Shannon and you for participating in today's show. Up next, a global... Uh, is this a best of... Uh, it is a best of. A best of the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jayla Nye and Andrew Gross. Trisha Kindleman up next with a global news weather traffic update. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.